Okay, so let's get started. We are going to first talk about three areas of political socialization that has affected me as a person. So the first area of political socialization that we are going to talk about is religion. Religion is a big thing for many people in the world. For example, wars have been started over religion, and there are many different types of religion as well. I am a religious person. Many people know that about me. I'm very proud of it as well. Because of that, religion has a very heavy influence on most of my decisions. What I believe as a Christian does have an impact on my political views. I do tend to lead towards the church's views, but of course, not always, as I do have my own mind. The second area of political socialization that comes up that we're going to talk about is my family. Nine times out of ten, I would choose to have a family night in than go out and party like a normal teenager. And, I mean, because of this mindset, I was raised under the idea that I will almost always agree with my family's beliefs as they were raised to be my beliefs as well. Our parents impact us as children. Of course, there will be a slight difference in opinion, but that's because we're human and there will be disagreements. But I fully stand behind the mindset that your parents' beliefs are your beliefs. Generally. The final area of political socialization that we're going to go over is your peers. I'm a 16-year-old girl in high school trying to fit in. High schoolers are all individuals that are trying to fit in and adjust their mindset so that they're popular, they're not bullied, all of the above. We want to fit in and not have rumors spread about them. So to fit in as much into like into as much stability as they can, they bend to the will of others. We lose our spine and our opinions. So yes, I'm affected by that because I'm a high school girl that doesn't want to be judged and my opinions change to meet other people's standards. Next, we're going to talk about three political culture core values. Like, the major core value that I believe in is inequality. America is known for its freedom. This is what I believe as well. Every person should be an equal in all areas of life. Another major core value that I believe in is individualism. Every person should be allowed to have their opinion and hold their own values. Nobody should be trying to make my opinion for me. That is up to me to decide. And finally, the last core value I believe in is unity. Unity is being, t- as being together as one. Our political culture can never mesh and work together. So if we have to be a country that is one, we need to do that to make it work. On the back of the dollar bill, in Latin, the words e pluribus unum, which translates to out of many, one, meaning out of many, many different states, many individuals, many people, we have to become one, one nation, one side, one whole. Basically, we have to throw our differences aside and become one large group. Now I'm going to compare and contrast liberal and conservatives and their viewpoints. Liberal viewpoints basically believe in a limited government. They believe in equal opportunity and equality for all. The state must alleviate social problems and protect civil liberties and individual and human rights. Whereas a conservative's viewpoints include tradition, organic society, hierarchy, and authority. 
I believe that I lean more to the liberal side of things. I believe that everyone should have a choice in all things in life. I also believe in full equality all across the board. And a public policy that I feel very strongly and passionate about is abortion. I personally don't believe a child should be aborted, but I also believe that it is not my decision to tell the mother what to do. So if you're going to say, pro, are you pro-life or are you pro-choice? I honestly would not be able to give you a straight answer. Because it's like, personally for me, no. Other people, sure. I can't tell them what to do. I'm not their boss. It's like, I was raised in a specific way where I'm not told what to do with my life, but I'm guided with like parameters set by my parents. Basically, my parents want me to do what I want to do as long as it doesn't get me in trouble or contradict what their plan is for me. So I don't think that we should tell a woman what to do with her body. It is her choice. The thing that makes this entire situation worse is that the people making these decisions for women citizens in the United States are all old men, which is not okay. They don't know what life's like for us as a woman. They don't know what we go through on a daily basis compared to what men go through on a daily basis. They don't know the different body decisions. So, no. Old men should not be deciding what to do with a woman's body. <laughs> An economic issue that I feel very, very strongly about is healthcare, because healthcare is an economic issue. And sometime soon, the 76.4 million baby boomers in the United States are going to need health care if they don't already have it. And they might not be able to afford it. If we lowered the expense of health care, the more people would be able to have health care and we wouldn't be able to help them if they didn't. If we lower the price of health care, then all those people that need it, that are economically disinclined and they don't have a lot or those people that were raised in an era that they didn't really have much health care in the beginning so now they're still paying it off all their bills as they're getting older and then a social issue that I am very passionate about is the separation of church and state the separation of church and state is something that is honestly so incredibly difficult to explain for different reasons not like the background idea but what I believe as a person and I believe that if the church took care of social issues instead of the government then there'd be less animosity between everyone so if the church took care of the social issues like it should be in my opinion then the government can put more effort into other issues of like economic issues or other public public policies or immigration factors. They don't have to do just, they don't have to focus on just social. The church could focus on social and the government can focus on other things. But I also don't believe that governments should be ruled like theocracy, like the Puritans believed, because I think there is a line, a fine line between church and state but I also feel like some duties that are held by a government could go to state. I mean, could go to church, sorry. And then two common voting trends we're going to talk about are less common voting trends for all elections, but are for the past 2018 midterm elections. 
And so the first one we're going to talk about is Gen Z, Gen X, and Millennials actually outvoted older generations in the 2018 midterms. I'm not talking about as the Gen Z, Gen X, and Millennials as a whole, as three, as the those three individual groups coming to one versus the older generations, the baby boomers, because duh, that's a lot more people compared to one than the other. I'm talking about the Gen, e, Gen Z group versus the baby boomers, Gen X group versus baby boomers, and Millennials versus baby boomers. The other three came out and voted more, which is actually kind of strange because, I mean, I guess when you're older, you don't have the energy to go and vote. You just want to stay home. But there is the idea that you can send in a ballot by mail and they'll count your vote that way. So you don't actually have to leave your house. So I don't understand why they want it. So, I mean, I don't completely understand this trend because I don't know why people that have been voting for the majority of their the lives of the entire U.S. population wouldn't vote, but I would probably be a part of this trend because as soon as I am able to vote, I would be voting, which I'm not a part of the older generation, but I'm not, so I would be able to vote more in the younger group, which would statistically help the common voting trend that was just previously stated. Another trend at the 2018 midterms was women have a higher percentage of voting than men, which I find very interesting. It's like, what makes women more willing to vote than men? I mean, I would still aid this trend because when I can vote, I immediately will vote, and I'm a woman, but I also feel like, is there something different with, like, mindsets that they wouldn't be voting, or is it just, like... Or is this, like, trend going off of a certain demographic? Anyway, those are my political beliefs. That's my political autobiography summed up in a tight, neat bow as much as you possibly can get for government. So um, thank you for listening to my podcast. Have a great day, guys.